Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia Agnello, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Statsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Gene Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Watch Hacks, streaming exclusively on Max, and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. Looking for hair removal tools that not only deliver smooth results, but also empower you with a sense of complete control? Enter Conair Girlbomb, your secret weapons for smooth, sleek results made just for women. From the ultimate Girlbomb grip and professional grade blades, you don't have to compromise and settle for less. Conair Girlbomb equips you with the precision and power previously reserved for men's grooming tools. So take your hair removal routine to the next level with Conair Girlbomb. Available at conairgirlbomb.com or a retailer near you. Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart for a year and what a year it has been. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Make Woke AF Daily your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy, and I'm your host, Elliot Connie. Jay is the woman in this dynamic who is currently co-parenting two young boys with her former partner, David. David, he is a leader. He just don't want to leave me. But how do you lead a woman? How do you lead in a relationship? Like, what's the blueprint? David, you just asked the most important question. Listen to Family Therapy on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Here's Nikki. Hello, here I am. It's the Nikki Glazer Podcast. My my mic was up too much. Oh wait, I'm turning it down. Sorry, that was for me. My um my headphones were too loud. Sorry, I didn't appear on screen when that was happening. Jump scare. Um, <laughs> it's the show. Welcome, Anya and Brian and Noah are all here, and we're still all in California. And then Noah is still in New York. Yeah. God, you've been there so long. Why are you there again? I was like, realized the other day, I don't know why exactly you're there. Well, I originally came here for Anya's wedding. Mm -hmm. And then at the same time, I was helping my dad. He had to move. Mm. And I'm in his new house right now. Like from a chair to the couch or something? <laughs> no, no. Just like <laughs> our parents' all, age, it could be really that. really good daughter. <laughs> <laughs> just holding his hand, walking him along. Yeah, No, he sweet. has like so much crap and... I don't know. I just That's stayed so to help nice. him. And I think it was a mistake though. Nice. It's really, <laughs> my parents know that I'm not going to do, I'll hire, I will pay money to hire people to do that, but I can't. Um, That's what I, I should um, have done. I, sh- right. I should have done that. You're right. Oh, about so in that. retrospect, you do th- wish that you would have just like spent some coin to have someone else do it. Yes. Because the amount of uh, screaming at me that happened oh, oh, right. was just inappropriate. Yeah, throwing out. <laughs> did you throw out things that he wanted, or were you no? Like he he yelled at me, and then I just gave up on it. Even though it was a great time about? for clearing. 
he's he's very like my dad is very stubborn and i realize if i come visit like annually he'll just get more and more stubborn as the years go by Mm -hmm. and uh there was no like changing anything everything that went from one house had to go into the next house in the same way and the same quantity i'm guessing he's moving because he has to because this guy doesn't like change so he's being forced to move no did he want he's not he wanted to oh he wants more space so that he can accumulate more more crap (laughs) yes Yes. yes. Anytime so there's some sort of moving again. situation or like I remember in college and even all the way up when I was living in New York, it was like asking a friend to help you move or like, uh, and then you give them pizza and you have a fucking pizza party. Yeah. And then I learned like, it's like $250 to pay professional movers to move shit for you. I mean, how much would it have cost a task rabbit to have that, to get that shit done for you? And then it's it's like so little. Like when I was like 22 years old, I was like, it must cost $5,000 to have movers come and help you move things. And it's like, it's no, like it's not. The, it's like $200. It's like the hotel um, mini bar. There's like always a meme about like who grew up in a time where you thought if you like ate a couple things, you would bankrupt your family and <laughs> end up on the streets. And I still have that anxiety of like, if I try to move things around to put like a hummus in, I'm like, it, the sensors will know. And I'm going to be in a shelter tomorrow because I moved a jacket. Daniel's mini bottle. Um, yeah, there's all these things that we like attribute. It's going to be so much. We don't even like check. Um, yeah, it's moving is how. Th- listen, these are all life lessons. You'll do it. Didn't right Chris next just time. move into your place? Yeah, but he, this is what I love about my boyfriend. There are like, whenever, um, whenever I'm like, oh, you know, is this going to be the right thing forever for us? I'm like, I have a boyfriend who would never ask me to lift a finger to help him in any, like he does everything himself and hates to put me out in any way, which I'm very much like that too with him. Like, I don't like to put him out, but he protects me from bullshit because he knows that that is such an anxiety for me of like, you know, if we ever moved into a house together, he's going to deal with the guy to come over and fix our dishwasher. He's going to deal with the guy to like, there's I'll never have to do anything that's like a solid agreement between us is like, I get stressed out by those things. He protects me from them. And then I don't know really what I do for him, but um, I make him laugh. I, um, I I have to like reassess what I offer my boyfriend, (laughs) I think because he, he really does do a lot for me. And the other night, um, God, there was something, there was some meme I sent him. Let me just look it up because it was so cute. Oh, I also want to get to this letter I got from a bestie oh, last shit. night. I was at the Laugh Factory and oh. this, um, a bestie, I was on my way there. I was doing three sets and I was looking at my phone at a stoplight and a bestie wrote me and was like, I'm at the Laugh Factory. I'm going to see you. I have a letter for you. It's okay if I can't give it to you, but I'm here. And I was like, oh, fine. Just go to the bathroom and find me because you'll see me walk in. It's very... Um, it's uh conspicuous. Like you have to be kind of conspicuous there because there's nowhere to like really hide if when you enter. And so um when I got there, she was in the bathroom waiting for me, not waiting for me, but she was just in the bathroom, I think. And then I opened the I went into the bathroom. I think she went, first went in there because she had anxiety about crowd work because the guy bef- on stage at the time was doing crowd work. Cause then my mm. friend Jermaine Fowler, another comedian, said there was a girl in the bathroom hiding from crowd work. And then you came in <laughs> and I heard you walk into the bathroom and her go, Oh my God. And so she like started crying as soon as I walked in, she was washing her hands and she just didn't expect to see me. And she was wearing a Nikki Glazer podcast t-shirt. Aww. And she's like, oh, 
and her eyes were welling up and she was so cute and so sweet. And um, I just like, I was just so freaking touched. Um, and then she gave me a letter and I said that I would read it and I haven't yet. And now I'm reading it. Okay. So the meme that I sent, I sent him a couple things that are really funny that because Chris has a segment on his podcast called the best thing I saw yesterday and they all just mm-hmm. share like memes or tweets or something that they saw on the internet or even if they saw in their real lives. And I sent, he sometimes reads ones that I sent him and one is a bumper sticker. I don't know if you guys saw it. It was like on the internet a lot the past couple of days. And it's a bumper sticker that says Helen Keller denier. And then like one of those non-smoking signs that has like a red circle with a cross. And in that cross, it says, ain't no way. <laughs> <laughs> I saw that and skipped past it because I didn't get it. And I, I still don't get, don't it, get it. I don't understand wait, the question wait. and I won't respond to it. Okay, <laughs> wait, Brian, would you like to explain it then as I look for this other tweet? I believe the way I interpret this piece yes. of art is that people are saying that <laughs> there's an imaginary group of um, people who deny that Helen Keller could have possibly been deaf, dumb, and blind and still been alive and wrote things. And uh, then the basically the uh, slogan is a is what would be a slogan for those people. Ain't no way that she could have done all those things and been deaf, yes. dumb, and blind. She was faking that being deaf, dumb, and blind. It's just a more succinct way to it's say not, that. It's not real. There's no one that's a Helen Keller denier. It's a joke. Yes, the it's like a satirization a of, people, of people, like like Holocaust deniers and stuff. Moon and landing vaxxers, deniers, flat earthers. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. What? And then okay, here's the here's the meme. Oh, sorry. What was your next question? <laughs> Sorry, I've and really I believe if you were gonna, if you were I gonna, love in, I love analyzing you things do? like okay. this. Okay, yes. why the red cross out sign? Well, that, I think that's just bad graphics because they're making fun of people who don't know how to actually put together. Because usually, all those people, moon landing people, flat earthers, they don't really know how to present an argument in a graph. Like they usually use, like they probably don't have a. They don't pay a lot for good graphics, they don't, so it's they just don't have shitty Adobe looking. Creative Suite on their yeah, computer. Yeah, so, so let me the get this right. Doesn't even make sense. The sign says "Ain't no way" or whatever. And no, then- okay. So the sign says Helen Keller denier in mm-hmm. font on the bumper sticker. Then on the side, it's a non-smoking sign, and in that non-smoking sign, it says "Ain't no way," and it's crossed out. That does not make sense. It doesn't make any just, sense. But that they're making fun of people who don't know how to make things. This isn't funny. It, in that instance. And it then is. the it ain't no way is is a satirical making fun of flat earthers moon landing people because they rarely have any evidence. So that person's and argument is so it's just, just showing no how way. stupid people are. Yes, I mean in and essence how, that's all comedy, isn't it? Yeah, I mean it's just making fun of people being dumb. I feel like yeah. there's um, something either awry with my brain or other people because to me this isn't funny at all. But I want to laugh. Well, okay, let me just make you laugh about it. Okay, okay, there's a group of people out there that are like joined together and they don't believe their big thing that they make bumper stickers over and they get together in groups and talk about and spread misinformation about is that Helen Keller is not, is faking it. Is that, is that a real she's thing? Not really blo- no, they, this is a, okay. ju- it's a joke. This is satire. Okay, so it's making fun of flat earthers, like okay. people who believe in this, or like, Holocaust or Bigfoot. Deniers. Or like, Yes. And people so who have no evidence to believe yeah. something outrageous. <laughs> and then their 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 tagline is just this empty <laughs> phrase of "ain't no way," okay, which the word it. "ain't" implies they're kind of stupid because right. you don't say "ain't" unless it's like I mean you can say "ain't" all you want, but you wouldn't say that if you were like a group of people coming together to be like, "What's our statement?" You wouldn't put "ain't" in it, and then crossing out "ain't no way" doesn't make any sense. It's just like a bad <laughs> graphic choice, and Got so it just it. kind of um, hammers up. Like, look at how bad this like. 
the the art is on this. Yes, I remember seeing like, it's this. like I using like, Comic oh, Sans God. almost. Comic it, Sans. It's bad. <laughs> Thanks, so okay, guys. here's the meme that I was looking for. Yeah, I love this. It reminds me of my favorite segment on my old favorite podcast. What was that called? It was with PJ Vote and uh, another guy from. But they used to do this thing called Yes, Yes, No or something. Oh, and yeah. this one Remember that? And <laughs> yes. Remember that? I don't hate when yes. people say member that. No. Remember that? And it was about a, they, one guy that was like an older man would be like, they would, they would, he would bring a tweet that he saw and he would be like, I don't know what this means, but it has 20,000 likes and, yes. you know, 5,000 retweets. And it made no sense. And they would break it down because it would be some very specific reference and they would like teach you how to understand meme culture. And it's like, it was interesting. So this oh, one well is. Then, yeah. And also, we got to give a shout out to Tony Zarrett then. He's the king of this satirizing meme culture. Tony like he might have made that Helen Keller thing. We I honestly, know. he probably did. He's the one that does yeah. the best job of it where you go, is this real or is he, oftentimes people think he's legit. Tony Zaret, Z-A-R-E-T, if you want to follow someone who is like satirizing um, memes culture. and idiots. Okay, so this one is the one I was talking about. It's, it's a body like floating and um, <laughs> above it, it says... The feminism leaving my body when my nightstand water cup is empty. Because <laughs> <laughs> you want your boyfriend to get it for you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And that's always what happens Like when I'm in bed. I'll just be like, I won't even say anything. I'll just be like, oh, I forgot my charger in the living room. And I don't, and Chris can be in deep REM sleep and he will st- and he will have worked a 24-hour shift. Like sometimes his, and he will still go get it for me even if I've been in laying in bed all day. Like he is always, that. that's a very sweet wow, thing about him. That's but anyway, the comedic power, The comedic power of memes is amazing. I, I was at your hotel a couple weeks ago and we were playing What Do You Meme? The game <laughs> yeah. What Do You Meme? Mm-hmm. And at first, I think all of us were like, wait a second, this isn't going to be fun. Like, these, no. th- these aren't funny. And then we started playing What Do You Meme? And then five minutes later, we're like, this is fucking hysterical. Memes are so funny. What? So funny. Just a dog looking sideways. Yes. And then it's a really fun game. It's called What Do You Meme? And it has all these meme pictures. And you pick a picture. And then every person has like a deck of phrases. Like that are funny things like when your boss calls you in and tells you you've been spending too much time in the bathroom at work or something like it has those kinds of things. And then you have a deck of them. And for every picture that gets put up, you put the best phrase for that meme. And then Uh. the person who picked the meme picture has to vote on which one's the funniest. And so you read all of these in conjunction with the picture, which is being posed on this little, it has a little easel it comes with. And you look at the picture and read these things. And it's really, really funny. Um, and we had a good time playing it. But, uh, okay, so, yeah, last night this girl came, and she was really sweet, and she gave me a letter, which we'll read later because we're going to do fan thrax. But, um, yeah, I went... Um, oh, I wanted to say this weekend, Brian and I hung out with... Um, we went to a, a pool party. Yes. Um, what? Yeah. we. That's I did right. something social. I saw... Um, I guess it was, like, last week I went and did a set, and Tim Dillon was there who I'm quite obsessed with right now. I'm going through a Louis C.K. slash Tim Dillon. (laughs) Um, Just like obsession where it's like all I listen to. And um, and his podcast about Lizzo, can I just give a shout out? You guys finish this one, but then go listen to that one. It's so fucking funny, his take on the Lizzo thing. And again, he is like the Tony Zaret person we're talking about. He's like these like mocking meme things. Like 
He's not really serious when he says that Lizzo needs to become thin and leave the fatties behind. <laughs> leave the pigs in the barn. <laughs> Abandon them. They've turned on you. He's like, his whole point is that you are the queen of the, the fatty, fatty boom baddies. And he's fat, so he can say this. Right. And so it, I'm just paraphrasing. I don't believe this. I don't call people fats. Um, but he says you need to leave them behind, <laughs> get thin, go on road. Logan. Like he has this whole PR plan for her that is completely ridiculous and totally um, a joke. But uh, when he said, leave the pigs in the barn, it really, um, <laughs> you need to abandon the hogs and heifers. <laughs> it was just like, it's so, it's so harsh that it's so funny because you just go, this is an insane person. But he's so funny. Anyway, I ran into him at the, the improv and he, uh, um, he was like, oh, you got great beaches out there where you're staying. And I was like, oh, you, will you go to the beach? He's like, yeah, I body surf. And I was like, let's go to the beach. So we all we came up with an idea to go meet at a beach. And then the day came and he was like, we could either, we were doing a text exchange uh, with some other people. And we could either go to the beach or you could come to my, my house. And he's right off uh, a road. I almost said it. <laughs> it doesn't matter. It's a long. It's a long road, and uh, um, and he also. So he, I go. Let's go to your house because I just want to go to a, and sit by your pool. It sounds way more fun. And um, and then I got over to his house on Saturday, which I did. I would gone to or Sunday. I would gone to Taylor Swift the night before. I did not want to go get up and drive an hour to go to a pool party. I was like, what am I doing? Being this is like a social thing. What am I doing? Good for you. I need you. to like rest. I know. Good for me. I, most people are like, I'd love a pool party. And I'm like exhausted by it. And But ended up being very, very fun. I knew mm -hmm. it would be as as everything I dread. Um, and it's But I got there and he was like. in Los Angeles. It's a city full of lonely people. So it's yes. almost like doing service by showing up at a party. That's interesting. Because everybody's that like. Is Dying for a pool in summer, and then everyone in LA is dying for a friend. Do you think so? Yes, it's the loneliest city I've ever lived in. Oh. I think New York City is lonelier. I, really? I think people. Yeah, you, you walk people, outside and you're not alone no. in New York. You're like friends with the bagel guy who's yelling. Yes, at you, but like, that's why want? it's so sad exactly. because you're surrounded by people and yet you still feel lonely. I don't know. Haven't man, you seen the series connection. High Maintenance? High Maintenance, every episode is a characterization of someone in New York City feeling lonely. And then I having a weed guy deliver weed. And, <laughs> yeah. and that's your friend. And that's your friend. Yeah. Yeah. And you're going through something and he's the only one that's listening to your problems. But in New York, I, I agree with Anya, though. There's yeah. this, I remember living in New York. I've told this story before. I'll tell it quickly. I was there for a couple of weeks and I was walking down the street and there was an old man shuffling down the street trying to get his arm into his sleeve of his coat and he was hunched over and I'm just walking beside him for like 10 or 20 paces and I just grabbed his coat and put it on his arm. I never would do that anywhere else. But in New York City, because we're all together, crammed together, you have this odd sense that we're all a family and so you don't have as many like walls or boundaries up. But you guys stepped over four homeless people on that <laughs> 20 steps. You literally. The old man. Had to leap over guy. old people that are homeless and dying on the street that you have to ignore. Um, and that yeah, guy probably just got. The reason he had his jacket undone is he's probably dumped a bunch of chemicals into the Hudson River just before that. <laughs> he on was, the way to his finance bro he party. Was, he was I feel like in New York, you do not um, deal with people that are struggling because it's constant 
constantly around you and you would never get to where you're going if you addressed every person that needed help in some way with a stroller, with their jacket, with money, with, um, you know, I, and I've helped many people in the New York, like old women cross streets and stuff like that. But I think you become, because it's all around you suffering and you go, how are these people affording to live or even be? How do they even get to Manhattan from wherever they came from? Like, it's so expensive to even spend three hours in Manhattan. So I'm these people yeah. trudging along. I just don't, I don't get where they're all coming from. Um, it's a strange city. <laughs> but um, people talk they're... to each other more in New York. They're, I, I'm on the street always. People are like, no hey, where do, where's this? Where's that? Oh, yeah. Like, how do I get to this stop? Think about when you're in New York, you talk to but so many strangers. But you're just talking strangers. about cars versus not cars. As what I think mean? what you're saying, because people in LA would probably talk to each other. They're just in cars. So is exactly. that maybe in it? New York, you're on the subway, yes. you're on the street. You're like, no next one, to one talks another. to each other on the subway, Anya. Literally no one. You can get raped on I the subway and people will watch you get raped. On the subway, you don't talk, but it's waiting. It's bystander effect. Yeah. Waiting or on the stairs or on the way in, you talk. No way. What no New York are you a French family <laughs> just was like, how do you do this Metro card to me? Yes, the other a French day. Oh, yeah, that's family. Not but that's not a New Yorker. New York and that is, is not talking and connecting. Tourists. Someone no asking me how to use talks. a Metro card is not talking. And that's it's certainly, not talking. And it's if you're really a lonely, we if had you're a, a lonely person. conversation about where they went that day. <laughs> Uh-huh. If you're a lonely person and then you're not going to go to your therapist and be like, I was feeling lonely, but then a French family asked me how to use the Metro card. <laughs> I'll just, and now I feel less alone. I'll just speak for myself. I've lived in both cities. I was very lonely in LA. And yeah. because I'm in my car, like you said, you're isolated. And in New yes, York City, yes. I immediately felt like I don't care if I'm alone all day. I'm at the movie theater. I'm at the I park. agree with that. I do agree with that. I mean, Here's I, my I want to. Oh, Can sorry. I just say quickly, I love New York City. It is far superior to L.A. Go ahead, <laughs> yes. sorry. But I will say the thing that I've noticed about L.A. before we go to break is that if you need to get in the next lane, people <laughs> will let you no matter what. It's the greatest thing about this city. I will never back down from it. I have noticed that people are generous. If you've, oh, fuck, I forgot my exit. You are never going to have to lean on your horn and be like, fuck you. You saw that I'm there. It would take you two seconds to just like let me in. Yes, my Amazon boxes are here. Um, <laughs> they were looking for them yesterday. Someone signed off called, his name was Red Canyon or something and uh, Red Ranch. You can just leave it here. Thank you so much. Um <laughs> Uh, but we couldn't find who Red Ranch was and we thought maybe it was the name of this place. Anyway, everyone in LA lets you in. (laughs) Everyone in LA lets you in in traffic. They are so Mm. generous when it comes to being like, cool, I don't care if you cut me off. Like, no one's freaking out here. The road rage is like less here. And um, Yeah, well, they all, they let you in because they're all drunk. (laughs) No one's drunk. What are you talking about? We'll come back with more after this. (laughs) Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia and Yellow, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Statsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Gene Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with Hacks writer and actor Pat Regan, on how their improv experience helped them when shooting scenes and what it was like writing scripts for specific actors. You'll also hear from crew members like the costume designers on what it was like creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Hear stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and more. Watch Hacks streaming exclusively on Max, and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. 
I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your host of TMI. New year, new name, new energy, but... Same old us. <laughs> oh, yeah. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. But that's not all. We will also have special guests to add their thoughts on the topics, as well as break down different political issues with local activists in their community. If you like to be informed, And to expand your thoughts, listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart's Outspoken Network for a year, and what a year it has been. Every weekday, I navigate our rapidly changing world alongside our series of fabulous expert guests. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Woke not just to the latest headlines, but also to the collective power we all have. Woke to the need to build community with those around us. Woke to how to avoid burnout and woke to the ways we can all find joy in the madness. Make Woke AF Daily with Danielle Moody your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. And tune in to hear the ways I am working to stay grounded amidst it all. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Are you looking for some amazing TV to stream? Well, sink into your couch and indulge with the hits on Hulu you can't miss. We're talking some of the greatest comedies of all time. Absolute must-watch shows. Dive in with Barney, Ted, Robin, and the crew in How I Met Your Mother. All nine seasons of How I Met Your Mother are now streaming on Hulu right now. One of my favorite shows ever. And I mean, don't you want to know how he met their mother? Then go back home with the Dumfies, the Pritchetts, and the Pritchett Tuckers in Modern Family. Then you can start over with the Roses on Schitt's Creek. And then see what's up in the Kyle household in My Wife and Kids. We're talking every episode and every season of these shows. We're talking huge hits, streaming on Hulu whenever you're in the mood. I mean, can you even watch all of this? We think so. Head on over to Hulu and start streaming today. Now we're talking. We're back. I don't know if LA is all drunk. They're all maybe high driving. Everyone I, drunk I, drives out here. It's like the. It's like really? I mean here and the OC especially. Forget about oh, yeah. it. Yeah, I did so oh, much really? drunk driving. In well, there's LA. so I'm many self-driving cars now that you, you could p- kind of do it. <laughs> I think that will that be a thing when you can just be drunk and get in your car and just press go and then it just uh, takes you home and it wouldn't yeah, be illegal. Yeah, why not? That yeah, seems well, smart. Yeah. All right. the, only, the only thing you might do is type in the wrong place. <laughs> oh, fuck. It yeah. took me to the fucking In-N-Out burger. So did you no body surf? It. Oh, no, you didn't body yeah, surf. So Tim Dillon, but yeah, so Tim Dillon. Yeah, so we all go to the house for um, the pool party. I invite Brian because Brian hasn't seen Tim Dillon in like over eight, maybe eight years when they used to do a oh, podcast together. yeah, you together. guys did that podcast. So Brian was, Tim was Brian's sidekick on his podcast. So I wrote Tim and I go, hey, can I invite Brian Frangi? He um, is my podcast sidekick now, and I heard you used to be his. Isn't that crazy? And he wrote back, yes. 
And I was like, uh oh, like, am I like, why is he? But I could just tell that it was like, he just looked down on his phone when he was probably in conversation with someone else and was just like, yes. And then he wrote me back later. He was like, I love Brian. I was like, oh, okay, good. Like, it wasn't just like a yes. But he was so excited to see Brian. And then um, Brian and Allie came over and uh, we all hung out by Tim Dillon's pool and it was very hot. And we watched as Tim Dillon's assistant struggled to put up a. So Tim Dillon, I guess that morning was like, oh shit, I have no umbrellas and it's hot as fuck out here. And people are going to come over and be outside so he sent his assistant to go to like home depot to get an umbrella <laughs> and then the, the the assistant just had to assemble this gigantic outdoor umbrella while we just all sat and watched him struggle in the blazing heat and um yeah and then Tim Dillon got also yeah. one of the hottest guys i've ever seen that's so funny yeah he's a good looking guy but i wouldn't have described him that way um but <laughs> yeah he was fit he was a fit guy um sorry wrong room i think no, you're okay. You're okay. Um, yeah, he Nikki's was just um, trying out a new character. What if you were just like <laughs> doing a monologue? Well, I'm just connecting with people in LA and proving you that it's a very <laughs> friendly city. Back to They're you. dropping up. <laughs> it's just someone walking by your window. I have no idea who these people well, are. Well, there's like a, a, a something going on here that people um, in the next two rooms next to me are doing some kind of production thing and so they keep wondering up here thinking that I, they're like with like gaffing tape ready to walk in my room and I go no 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 and they, sometimes they walk in they go oh my god and they're just so scared <laughs> oh um, I didn't realize you were like by a door oh yeah I'm right by a door it's right here in fact I'm looking at it right now look at that fucking door <laughs> uh, yeah so we had a, a pool party and um, it was fun and, and Brian brought his wife over first time I've seen them as husband and wife together she has amazingly perfect teeth uh, they were as white as the beautiful sundress outfit she was wearing, which was also gorgeous. Um, mm -hmm. She's ethereal. Tim Dillon had lots of nice things to say about her. He was just like, God, she's a keeper. I forget what he said. <laughs> what did he say to you? He, he thought she like, was 24. Oh, God. Was, uh, Amazing. Yeah. And how old Filled is she? with envy. 25? She's, uh, <laughs> yeah, she's 25. So, you know, yeah, that's she was off by a year. Really <laughs> embarrassing. Wait, can I no, ask? No, but it was really fun. How is it being married for you? Is it any different from dating? Do you feel any different? Um, I guess, you know, there are occasions when I, you know, like at this pool party or whatever. I mean, I, when you say someone's your wife, you get a little bit more credibility there. But also just like it is People nice. Bow. Yeah, <laughs> it is nice oh, to that's, that's <laughs> you get a bow instead of a handshake, which is really yeah. an incredible feeling. <laughs> but you get uh, every once in a while, I catch myself going like, that's my wife to myself. Like, oh, that's my Ooh. wife. And I'm pretty happy about it. Uh, whereas when it was my girlfriend, I never did that. So I think there is something about this like uh, pride of having uh, mm -hmm. this person be your partner forever. Um, that is wasn't there before. That's cute. That's sweet. Anya, you can speak to this as well. How has that it been for you to say, my husband, have you been introducing Matt him as such? seems happier. <laughs> okay, so that answered how you feel. You're like, Matt seems happier. No, no, I just noticed that and it was striking. I was like, he seems happier. What's going on? I mean, it might be related to something else, but that's, and then I've, I ask, I guess, because I didn't feel the thing that everyone's like, it's different. It's so I different. I like people never say it's different. They're just saying it's the same. I hear mostly, I would say 90% of the time I hear it's just the same, especially mm. if the people were living together before. Maybe I've only heard a couple people say it's different and that stuck in my head. So I'm like, I wonder mm. how it's different. 
Um, but it is, I'm noticing a very subtle difference of like slightly more tenderness toward one another or this like mm. slight, uh, it's not respect. It's just like protectiveness. Yeah. Like, I guess we're going to, I'm going to like take care of, like, we're going to look after one another till we're old forever. Yeah. Like the, so there's this new attitude of like, all of a sudden we're talking about like long-term things. You know, where we weren't so much before. And it's just like, I don't know, a weird, a sweet Or maybe tenderness. it's like, she's going to take care of me <laughs> when I'm old. So I better be nice to her now or else she might up. start. She's got to, we got to keep her bone health, <laughs> yeah. you know, stable. Or also yeah, if I mean. Can, I'm getting a lot I more mean magnesium now, supplements a night. <laughs> yeah. If I, if I mean to her now when I'm in a wheelchair and can't think, she's going to be switching out my pills and hitting <laughs> me with a ruler and shit. No, so I better put things. in my... Where like you, I look at sometimes like, you know, the way my parents eat, like you think about the way your parents eat or the way the things they do. And I'm just like, we need to keep you around. Like when you start to think about someone's demise or like the long term, like towards the end where you're like, we want to prolong this. You start to kind of nitpick about little things about them. Like, I think that if mm. Chris and I got married, I might start to be like, let's look into other food alternatives for you so that you, you know, yeah. because, or we should talk about like when you are in a coma, like, can I date other people? Because <laughs> um, we need a plan for, or whatever, you know, that's a joke, obviously, but it's like, I saw a thing last night that said, the more you hang out with your mom, the longer she's going to live. And I was like, Oh God, Aww, I need to start Jesus. hanging out with my mom more. Um, because yeah, I just want, them and then I was listening to this other podcast when I went to sleep. Sam Harris with uh, Peter Atilla, 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 and um, he was talking about longevity. And he is like, he's working. This guy, this doctor, all he does is work on how to get people to live longer. And there Damn. was this like, uh, I don't even want to say it. It's just such a bummer. <laughs> it's but it's like if you break your hip after the age of sixty, you have a like ninety percent chance of dying 20 years earlier than you would have if you didn't break your hip. So everything is about don't break your femur. Don't, if old people, and that's why you need bone strength because the only way to break your hip really, or the most common way is falling. And those statistics are wrong, but it's something outrageous like that where it's like your chances of living longer are just cut so severely from if you wouldn't have broken your femur. So the goal when you get older is to protect your femur because it is the biggest indicator of if you're going to have a a long life or not, if you're going to reach like your nineties or hundreds, which not everyone wants to do maybe, but, um, so the whole thing is is like a leg bone. Yeah. I didn't know. I guess the top of your your femur, your your um, pelvis, like at your hip, anything around there. Yeah. Any big bone, your, um, I forget what it's called, but he had some really long name for what it is when you break that area. If you break a hip pretty much, I think was the thing you, which is a common old person thing. Yeah. Um, but it's all from falling. And so the whole thing is like, Oh, and he said, this was a very interesting thing. He said, so it's all about protecting your muscles. Like make sure you have, you eat a lot of protein. And if you're a vegan, you find a way to get that in because it's going to be harder for you, which I don't think I don't agree with. I think it's actually very easy. It's just a way for people to get to not go vegan is like protein. Where do I get it? It's like, have you heard of a pea? But anyway, so um, he said that you need a lot of protein, protein. You need to do um, muscle strengthening things. And that um, he was like, no person 
um, he was like, Sam, how many human beings do you think have lived in the history of human beings? And he's like, I think it's around something like 90 billion people, you know, since the dawn of humanity. And he said, I don't think one of those people on their deathbed, if they were in their old age, would wish they had less muscles. Not one. He was like, it's mm. always the thing when you get older, you're going to wish you had more of is musculature. And so it just made me, I'm trying to hire a per personal trainer for my mom because it's just not some. she's never once worked out consistently in her life in any way, not for a week, not for a, you know, like she's walked mm. and stuff, but walking doesn't build muscles. Like, you know, she needs upper body strength. She needs actual like resistance training. I'm projecting yeah. too because I need it too. But at least I have had some sort of idea of what that is. So I'm like, maybe she could, if and I said, maybe if I just pay a trainer and she's like, I don't want you to do that. And I'm like, well, then I'm going to pay him anyway. And you, if you don't show up, it's a waste of money. I think that's the only way I can get her to go. I don't, I don't know. I it's just great. want my parents to have I, muscles. I had one. Well, I, I still have one. He's just back in, in Arizona. And it's great because you have someone who is motivating you who is teaching you how to work out in a way where you don't injure yourself. And it's also, um, it gives like accountability, like he's showing up. So I have to show mm -hmm. up. Yeah. And, it's, it's and so I, true. I'm all for coaching therapists. Just get someone to help motivate you do good stuff. I know. I don't just get her go, on board. Though. Nikki, My mom I, was it the is same. so much money. It's like, well, <laughs> I would pay that for you not to die 10 years sooner. So what yeah. is the difference? Okay, Tell well, her Blake Shelton's going to be at the gym and help yeah. her workout partner. <laughs> well, my mom's the same way. She arms. never worked out her entire life. She just didn't want to do it. And then uh, recently, she's she's truly living uh, her renaissance right now. She uh, moved into a community in Florida of older over 65 people and um, made a group of friends. And now she exercises more than she ever has in her entire life. And it's because... Her group of friends do exercise-related activities. They play pickleball. They go swimming. They go on walks. And I think for someone like your mom, one of the only ways to get her to exercise in that way consistently is to connect it with something that's not just your exercising. Right. It's her I don't know about thing. that. Because, well, the thing is, my mom, I, I think the only way is to motivate her by otherwise your daughter is wasting money because that is her truest, <laughs> biggest fear in life is that her daughter is. But your mom you likes fun. What on that? She does. But I'm talking about like my mom needs to do more than just play tennis or pickleball. She needs to do actual weight resistance training. Like how do you yes, get women doing training. that? She's not going to go to like pool classes where she's with the floaties doing exercises in the water because no, the social no, aspect of it. My classes. mom doesn't do that. Would she well, go yeah, with okay. you? Would she mo be motivated by hanging out with her daughters? Yeah, but I don't have time to go to a, mo a <laughs> okay, workout Get class another reality show. <laughs> right. You're both working out that's like the theme of the reality show i think that's a good idea i Pump think that my will mom motivate up. her yeah if, and she was like i'm making 1200 bucks a day for an appearance fee i'll do it i'll do whatever you need me to do nick and look um, at my tries <laughs> but uh this pool party was fun and it was a weird group of people milo Mannheim was there from dancing with the stars he was um, on the season that I was on and it was good to see him again because I haven't seen him since then. Oh, yeah. And um, he did a movie with Tim. So Tim knew Milo and then Milo brought another friend who was this 18-year-old kid who was like so, <laughs> like such an old, I hate to say old soul, but he was. I thought he was like yeah. maybe 25 at the youngest. He was the same age as my wife. 
Yeah, yeah. Um, and then who else was there? You guys, and then An- Andrew Colin was there. That was fun. And then um, who else? Oh, da- David Spade came by, and then he sent me a text later and was like, I didn't know it was going to be Twinkapalooza up in there. I had, to, I had to duck out. Because there were a lot of, like, young, hot guys. David was a and, twink um, at one point almost. David think? is a twink, but he yeah. made me laugh so hard. He gets there, he walks. There's like a three-year-old there right when David arrives. I don't know what happened. Oh, Carlisle <laughs> was there. But uh, like a, a, girl, a woman came over that Tim knows and she had like a, a tiny baby kid that was playing in the pool. And as soon as David walks in, he, he says to me, you didn't tell me he was going to be here. And he points at the baby <laughs> like he has beef with him. And I was like, oh my God, shit. I didn't know. I forgot totally about you guys. Oh. And then Tim goes, uh, he goes, yeah. Dave goes, me and that baby have have beef. And I was like, I'm so sorry. And Tim goes, yeah, they dated the same girl. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, damn. But David just came in and was like, that's, I told, I told him later, I'm like, I know that it wasn't your scene because he thought it was going to be like more comics and he didn't really know the comics that were there and, um, which was fun. He had fun, but he, he was like, it was, you know, it was a little twink fest up in there. And I said, yeah, I, I, but I knew it wasn't far out of your way to go. And I wanted to see you. I just wanted you to come in and like say a couple zingers and leave. And that's exactly what he did. He kind of like <laughs> circled around. And then Brian noted that he immediately like, he was like, all right, I'm leaving. And then like left. There was no yes. like pretense of like, I think I'm going to go. It was just boom, gone, which yes. is, uh, I love that style. I respect yeah, he said, that. He stood so up. We were, we were talking and then he stood up. There was a, as soon as there was like a, pa- a pause in the conversation, he stood up and said, all right, see you guys later. And then he left. It was, and there was no was like production that. about it where he went love by that. to each person. Nice to meet you. Good to see you. Oh, I'll see you next Wednesday or whatever. But it wasn't rude. Like there no, was, it didn't come off nice as rude. Mm-hmm. And we also felt like, yeah, like I, if I was him, I it. also would get out of here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're, we're all looking for that exit as well. No, I really wasn't. I was having a good time. But um, it was, uh, yeah, it was fun. And um, any other things to say about it, Brian? It's interesting when you food. go to a party like that and you're looking around, you don't know very many people. Um, but you know that each person here is uh, either rich, successful, famous, or a combination of the three. And mm. so, and then what's interesting is that everyone else reciprocates that to you. When they look at you, they're like, what is this guy's deal? There must be a reason he's at Tim Dillon's house. And so everyone treats each other with a little bit more respect than you would at a different party that I've, I've been to other parties like that. And it's like that aren't in Hollywood or whatever. And people are like, I don't give a fuck about you. Yeah. And Hollywood, just there's an nothing. implication that this person could be a producer. I don't know. You about never know. Stuff. You never know. That's like, a really good point. My, Wait, one of my that dreams. Doesn't the point that Anya was making about how lonely it is? is Cause then it's like, no, there's it, no question. It, LA is lonely as fuck. I just don't think that New York connections are real. And like, and I don't think that people actually help as much on the street. I think Anya gets approached cause she's a nice looking girl that has like an open, shiny, kind demeanor. But I don't think most people are like really talking to each other in New York streets. In fact, there's not a lot of eye contact. No, you don't you agree that people kind of just like, you have to be immune to everything going around you. If you addressed everything that needs help, you wouldn't get anywhere. Yes, but like, I guess in a way I agree with Anya. It is easy to connect because there's like all these like, New York characters yeah. that you see on a regular basis and you they talk your ear off and you get their whole life story and, and vice versa. Uh, I've but never I also, once talked to someone on the subway. Am I like antisocial? I've never heard someone just, come I, I get the subway. Story. 
like it's too in the weird. Park on the street, waiting to in cross the, the park, street. You talk to someone. Oh That's yeah, never people will come up to you and be like, "I'm at NYU. We're doing a survey for our class. Can we interview you?" That's different. You? That's, that's connecting. Different. That's not but, talking. And that's like well, someone doing a survey. Well, it is. Yeah, people talking, come up to though. me. People, and, talk. people come up to me in LA and they say, "Would you like to take five minutes for the environment?" <laughs> and I say, "No, I'm sorry." But they're working. That's like, not going to make me less lonely. We have to remember where the conversation <laughs> began. Which is, are you, which city is lonelier? And Anya's uh, giving a bunch of examples of solicitors trying to get money from Not her. solicitors. <laughs> I'm ta- but I'm, here's my hypothesis. New York feels more like a family of people crammed in together. Mm-hmm. And therefore, there are fewer boundaries and fears about approaching someone. They're very often on the street, She's I'll say, you look lost. Stock. You're what? Just stuck on a ship with a bunch of people. It's crowded. Yeah. In LA, yeah. everyone's in their own bubble. <laughs> it's more isolated. Yes. I agree uh, with Anya on this. I also no, agree with Anya on this. It's the I illusion agree. of like when you walked, when you're in New York and I'm depressed and I'm like, I'm so alone. I can walk down the street and I'm surrounded by people, which gives yes. the illusion and yes. does give yes. you the feeling like you're connected to people. You're in this organism that is like yes. working together and you're walking by people in the street. You can smell people. You can hear people's conversations in LA. You get in your car and you're still in this bubble and you, yes. uh, you there's not a lot of witnessing other people. It feels, yeah, I, I get that. I think, but I think it is the illusion, even though it does work to make you feel more connected it's still not actual connection which i think is the difference between our arguments but i do agree with you like you you can feel less alone in new york because there's just so many people around all the time yeah um yeah and the the, the thing about uh, the parties in la is interesting that yeah everyone there i didn't know why everyone was there and was like yes isn't that fascinating and then you're just like it's like when i went to the uh wga meeting and I would, or, or if I'm on the picket line, I start talking to someone, it's like, well, I have to secretly go onto IMDb and see what they did just to make sure I'm not embarrassing myself by not knowing who this person, like, I didn't know who Milo right. was. And then after oh, I yeah. got, after I got home, I was like, let me look his, this guy up. And I was like, oh man, he did all these things. Yeah. Stuff like that. I, it's weird though, because I was like, why didn't I introduce him as he's from zombies and he was on Dancing with the Stars. I just... I sometimes I forget to introduce and to give contextualize everyone, and I should have done that. I don't um, think he wanted that. I, I think he was downplaying it because he has tattoos on his foot, a tattoo for each project he's done. Yes, I know oh, this about Milo. his IMDb is on his foot. It basically, yeah, <laughs> yeah. he has a he has a, ta- a little tiny tattoo on his foot for each project he's done. He's got a twenty seven, a little twenty seven for being on season twenty seven of Dancing with the Stars. He doesn't have twenty seven credits yet. He's just yeah, the number, 27. The number yeah. 27. And so I asked him, I was like, what do each of the uh, things on your foot mean? And it, he, that was basically like saying, what's your credits, essentially, which I think some people didn't would. didn't know. I didn't yeah. know. I was just like, what are those things? And he's like, oh, just a little something for each he's project cool, I did. That's yeah. cool. Do you That's know like that his Jeremy mom is strong? Is, uh, oh, yeah. He, he t- keeps trinkets. And, um, but, um, thing. Yeah. His mom is... Um, What's his name? What's her last, her first name? Manheim. She was on the private Caroline? practice. Cameron Manheim? Cameron. Cameron Manheim is his mom. She's and so she cool. wanted a baby. The story of them, I, it's, he was on my last um, show on, on Sirius, and, and you may have heard the story, but his mom, it's a cool story. I had him tell it. 
again to everyone there but his mom knew she wanted a kid and she went to this she was hanging out with Marsha Gay Harden who was a friend of hers and Marsha Gay Harden was like I go to this pottery class you've got to go the teacher is so hot so she brings Cameron to the class and Cameron's like oh my god this teacher is so fucking foxy and she went up to him after the class and was like if I if I'm not pregnant by the time I'm 35 would you want to have a baby with me and said something like that to him just to, kind of joking he's like well I'm gay but yeah I'll I'll do that <laughs> oh and so God, they oh, they, cool. they they would see each other at parties throughout the years and that was just their running joke it, she was in her 20s when she made this first offer and they'd always see each other and then it got to be the time she's 35 and she saw him and was like I actually would do it and, and he's like the stunning tall handsome guy and so she got his sperm and they made a baby and it's Milo Mannheim. Oh my ah, God, that is amazing. Yeah. I that love cool? that. That is so, mm -hmm. what a great origin story. Does he know his yes. dad? He, um, yeah, he does. He has a relationship with his dad, but he was just like his, and, but his mom was just like, I'm not gonna, it sucks that women have to like wait to find a good man to do like, if they want to be moms, like they've got to have, have all this, these ducks in a row beforehand. I like that she just like took the reins and was like, I'm ready to do this. Let's, I'll, that mm -hmm. guy. That's Biologically, like it makes sense. A, with a, a woman's egg, I'd be like, that girl, let's use it. Yes. If I wanted to do it. Um, can I quickly, uh, I, want, I do want to give uh, a shout out to a bestie. Mm -hmm. This is a bestie shout out. Uh, Please. I learned, I learned yesterday, yesterday was Rob Stern's birthday. Happy birthday, Rob. And I did another social event that's two in the same fucking week, which Ooh. is pretty rare. Oh, that is We went good. to dinner for his birthday at Moonshadows. That restaurant mm -hmm. on the Malibu coast. Have you ever been to Moon Ooh. Shadows? Oh my God, you had oh. to drive out to Malibu? Yes, I did. Well, <laughs> half an no, hour shorter. But okay, yeah, I, I went to, to Moon, Moon Shadows. Shadows. Um, and this, uh, and then there's this couple that, that are friends with me and Rob. And I didn't know this, but the whole time, this uh, one of my friend's wives, Liz Galalis, is a bestie. <gasps> and she was a bestie before I was on the show. So oh. then I was like, well, so then when I came on, Hi, was that like a rude awakening? And um, uh, she said no, but uh, yeah, Liz Galalis, shout out to her. She's a bestie. And I knew it's, it's so crazy and amazing meeting people who are like, I was a bestie and I, I knew you the whole, I knew you before and then I was a bestie before and then you yes. were suddenly on the fucking podcast I listened Yeah, that to. is so wild. <laughs> yeah. Hi, Liz. So nice. Yay. That's so cool. It is so nice to... Um, yeah, it's when people are besties, it just uh, warms my heart and is a different. Sometimes I'm shocked. I'm like different level you? of fandom. Like <laughs> I know some care people that are besties, but I think that they're care. Really? Mm hmm. But they're. No, not, we don't have any cares. No, besties are all I, actually no, cool. I thought they were care, but they're besties. Mm. So I'm like, oh, you know cool. that they can't be. Yeah. So they're cool without <laughs> yeah. the you. But they, the like, sometimes in their lives, extra, oh. I just, <laughs> yes, in their <laughs> lives, they say they sort of make some care choices, but then I'm like, oh, I love you now, because I know you're a bestie. <laughs> is this, like, care choices you see on Instagram? Like, mm -hmm. this is how we diagnose care now. <laughs> yeah. Let's go, to, let's go to break and come back, and maybe we'll discuss a, care a little bit more. But we got to get to fan thrax talking about besties. Let's do that when we get back, right after this. Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia and Yellow, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Statsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. 
you'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Gene Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with Hacks writer and actor Pat Regan, on how their improv experience helped them when shooting scenes and what it was like writing scripts for specific actors. You'll also hear from crew members like the costume designers on what it was like creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Hear stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and more. Watch Hacks streaming exclusively on Max and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. I used to have so many men. How this beguiling woman in her 50s. She looked like a million bucks. With zero qualifications. She had a Harvard plaque. Tricks her way past a wall of lawyers and agents. She's got all of these Maseratis and Bentleys all in the driveway. Is it like a mansion? Yes, it's a mansion. That this queen of the con uses to scam some of the biggest names in professional sports out of untold fortunes. About six million. Approximately eleven million dollars. Nearly ten million dollars was all gone. Employing whatever means necessary to bleed her victims dry. She would probably have sex with one of her clients. Hide your money in your old rich man, because <laughs> she is on the prowl. Listen to Queen of the Con, season five, The Athlete Whisperer, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart's Outspoken Network for a year, and what a year it has been. Every weekday, I navigate our rapidly changing world alongside our series of fabulous expert guests. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Woke not just to the latest headlines, but also to the collective power we all have. Woke to the need to build community with those around us. Woke to how to avoid burnout and woke to the ways we can all find joy in the madness. Make Woke AF Daily with Danielle Moody your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. And tune in to hear the ways I am working to stay grounded amidst it all. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Are you looking for some amazing TV to stream? Well, sink into your couch and indulge with the hits on Hulu you can't miss. We're talking some of the greatest comedies of all time. Absolute must-watch shows. Dive in with Barney, Ted, Robin, and the crew in How I Met Your Mother. All nine seasons of How I Met Your Mother are now streaming on Hulu right now. One of my favorite shows ever. And I mean, don't you want to know how he met their mother? Then go back home with the Dumfies, the Pritchetts, and the Pritchett-Tuckers in Modern Family. Then you can start over with the Roses on Schitt's Creek. And then see what's up in the Kyle household in My Wife and Kids. We're talking every episode and every season of these shows. We're talking huge hits. Streaming on Hulu whenever you're in the mood. I mean, can you even watch all of this? We think so. Head on over to Hulu and start streaming today. Now we're talking. All right, let's just get into it. Let's get to Fanthrax. Haven't done it in a while. <laughs> Time to get to bestie mail and voicemail. Um, Noah, let's, uh, let's just get right into it. Okay, well, I'm going to start off with Kelly because this seems kind of urgent. Kelly, okay. Hey guys, longtime bestie here. Um, I wanted to get your opinion on a situation. My car was broken into this morning and mm -hmm. it's my own fault. I left it unlocked no. for the first time in years, but Not your fault. they took out, I had a big bag of dry cleaning full of all of my favorite sweaters and 
one of them was this vintage sweater that I'm just like, mm. I can't replace it. And I'm looking everywhere for it. But how would you handle the situation? How would you get over it? What would you say to yourself? Would you just say that it's gone and it doesn't matter? I need to get over it or just... How would you guys deal with the situation, cope with mm. the loss of your favorite sweaters? Okay, I'm trying to Aww. think of my favorite sweater. All right. Um, thank you. Bye. Oh, I'm so sorry, I'm so babe. Sorry. Oh, that sucks so much. I can tell how much that sweater means to her. Do you guys have Getting like a- Getting your car a, broken into is such- it, it Oh, you've had it happen. It's so, so violating. Violating. It's like, this is my little personal car. I don't even want people valet parking my car because I don't want people in there. But like mm. when someone just busts into your fucking car and takes something from you, it just feels so and violent. it's not thing- her fault. We no, all leave our cars yeah. unlocked sometimes. That doesn't mean someone gets to go into it. So it's like, it's so not right. your fault. You're allowed, you should be allowed to leave your car unlocked. Yeah. Um, and no way is that your fault. Don't let anyone tell you that it is. You should be able to leave your car unlocked and not have someone take your fucking dry cleaning bags. So true. Ugh, so annoying. It's the fault of a cut. violent and selfish society. Yes, you can it sum is. up so many like violations through stealing, like the stealing of someone's security, the stealing of someone's objects, you know, the, the stealing of someone's life. It's like yeah. stealing is so. Uh, I don't know. It just it's so wrong. Yes, you just was, take something from someone, and then it's theirs, and there's nothing you can do about it. And, and the person it, probably isn't going to even value these sweaters at all. No. No, it's like they probably got, I mean, I don't even want to say what that probably became of these sweaters, but um, how I'm having, I'm having a hard time empathizing right now because I don't have any sweaters that mean that much to me, but I'm trying to think of something that would mean that much to me if it got stolen. I'm having trouble conjuring anything because I just don't know that I get that attached to Do you have anything from like Mimi, your grandma or anything like that? No. And I guess what I would say, and the reason I think I don't is because I guess, and this probably won't bring comfort, so I'm sorry if this is just like the wrong thing to say, but we die eventually and we, we you can't take it with you no matter what. Like at some point you and that sweater will be not as one separated. Yeah. And it just happens sooner than you want it to, but it was always going to be that way in the end. And yes, it could be passed down to the the next generation and stay within with people that you love, but even they would eventually pass on. And the sweater, the sweater will eventually be alone in a landfill someday. And there will be no humans around to, uh, to take care of it or be with it. And that Uh, there'll be a dinosaur wearing it. Maybe I also think that, um, I guess I do have a take, which is when I do lose, sometimes I lose things, I guess, that I've spent a lot of money on and I just feel so stupid and so mad at myself. What a waste. And I'm so angry at how dumb I was. You know, I there's a story of me spilling the the water on the laptop that I f- literally had just opened and bought and spent thousands of dollars on and I spilled water on it. Oh, and yeah. um, and my therapist, my, uh, my abusive therapist, Dr. My Abusive, um, <laughs> she told me and I'll repeat it again is that don't punish yourself because it sounds like part of your sadness is like I'm I I, it was my fault like I did this and like how stupid I was to leave that valuable thing oh my car door open when I knew that vintage sweater was inside like I deserve this or something the punishment is losing the sweater it's already happened don't pile on the punishment like you you already got the punishment you know like you don't Mm -hmm. need to 
punish yourself anymore and like suffer with thinking how stupid I am. Don't tell people about it that are going to double down on that. I know that when I spilled water on my computer, I called my mom instantly because I knew she would go, why would you have a glass of water next uh, to your worst. new computer? It's like cutting. Why yeah. would cutting you do yourself. Just punish, punish. So uh, the punishment is already done. You lost your sweater. That's like, that would be a severe punishment to you if you, you know, if you killed someone, someone could go, well, I'm going to take your sweater and that's what you get for killing someone. So it's already in and of itself a punishment. So back off in that way. And then in terms of dealing with the the loss of it, I don't know that I am ready to speak on that. Can you guys um, yeah. maybe share some stuff? Well, it sounds like, what's her name? We don't know. Kelly, Kelly. Kelly, it sounded like you were sort of fishing or, or like dancing around the idea of maybe trying to get them back. If that's what you need to do, try. Um, my first thought was like, oh, you're never getting those sweaters back. Not to be harsh, but. I think she meant like Poshmark finding the same sweater elsewhere. I see. Like yeah, sure. But my hunch is that these sweaters mean something to you. So my first thought was like, write about this, write about everything that comes up for you. Is it like, like what Nikki's saying, like, God, I'm so stupid, or I feel violated, like Brian was saying? Is it, oh, this sweater meant so much to me. I had all these great memories, or I'll never, like, I have a blazer that I would be kind of shattered if I lost, but not because it means something to me. It's just the perfect color. It's the perfect cut. I wear it all the time. It's like dressy. It's casual. And I've never found one like it. So that would annoy me. Um, but like, write about what's coming up for you. And then here's the thing I've been working on lately. Let yourself feel all the feelings and don't do the shortcut to, well, I just have to get over this and, you know, just get over it. Like really let yourself feel the feelings. And then this cool thing happens where they do kind of wash over you. I've had this recently. I just disappointed somebody and they let me know. And I was like proud of myself because I let myself feel what came up, which was like, fuck you for being mad at me. Fuck you for like telling me I disappointed you. I get really angry and I'm not used to feeling that way. And then I was able to move from that through like, it's kind of annoying that they told me I disappointed them. And then it's like, I don't know if I really like this person. And then I was like, well, they have a point. I did do something not that nice. And then I got around to compassion. And then once I was neutral, I was able to act from there. So I would, that's my advice is like, Mm-hmm. Write about all this. Let yourself feel everything and don't judge yourself for whatever you might be feeling. And then, yeah, yeah, maybe you'll find a new sweater. Oh, wait, so Brian, Brian, what's your take? Well, if you want, uh, also, nice. right now, if you, you're feeling like you'll, you'll never get your sweaters back and it's just so sudden, if you want an off-ramp from hope, because now your hope's been entirely dashed, you can give yourself little pellets of hope, like a, a hamster, and it'll slowly... Mm-hmm snuff out the hope over time so for example now that your sweater's gone you can believe which i don't think this will work out but you can believe maybe the thief will post the sweater on craigslist and try to sell it or maybe the thief will donate the sweater to salvation army to get money for, for it and i can try to look on craigslist i can try to look at the salvation army and maybe i'll be able to buy back that sweater at some point so keep looking at those things for the next couple of months and then slowly the hope of you getting the sweater will decrease but at the same time your acceptance of losing the sweater will increase so that by the time you lose all hope you'll be ready to accept that it's gone i like I that i like that I think that another thing I would recommend, and maybe this is like too soon, because sometimes when people's dogs die, I'm like, get another dog. And they're like, I'm not ready for that. But sometimes I'm like, 
but I think it would actually help. I think you should get a new sweater. I think you should treat yourself as a thing. You and Stop this. It's my fault. I lost my sweater. Feel victimized by it. Feel like this bad thing happened to me. I deserve a fucking treat. Like if you, you know, you deserve some compassion. You deserve something nice for yourself because you were victimized. This wasn't your fault. So go and you spend more money than you probably should. And you treat yourself to something you've wanted forever that can replace that sweater now and become your new vintage sweater that is your new most sacred and prized possession, something you really love. And and maybe it's going to take a lot of time to find that thing. But now this opens up a space in your closet for something new that can, Ooh. that can be that important to you. It's an yes. opportunity. Yeah. That goes hand so in hand with what I was good. just thinking about too, which is la- a, a lack mentality versus an abundance mentality. Sorry, Arape, but I come from this a lot. I don't know if this is what you're upset about, Kelly, but maybe it is like, I spent all this money on these sweaters. Now they're all gone and I don't have any money. We don't know where you're coming from financially. Yeah, yeah. So for me, that's where, like I was on a trip recently and and it was expensive and the trip got kind of fucked up for me. Like one of the days was going to be fucked up and I was so upset about this. And a friend was like, you really sound like you're in this lack mentality. What if you were in this mentality of like, it doesn't matter. I still have eight more great days of this trip because one of the n- nine days was fucked with. And um, I'm trying to do that more. Just be like, what if I had this attitude of like, you can't take stuff away from me? Or like Nikki's saying, like, what if I had the money to buy more sweaters? Like, what would that look like? I don't know. And even if it's like you don't have the money, just go to Goodwill and find a new vintage sweater that you can ascribe some sort of meaning to that is like you're giving a sweater a home that wouldn't have one before because you're... Oh, I love that. Something gets a chance because you got this stolen for you that would have just sat and rotted. And that sweater could... You could even think about the history of that sweater and how that may have been stolen from someone and now you're giving it a good home or something oh, like that. Oh, yeah, that's and good probably too. probably somebody needs that sweater. The person that stole, even though it sucks... They needed to steal that. It needed to happen. And, and it was yeah. always going to happen. Yes. You parking your car where you did, leaving the thing. There's that's where free will, no free will sets me free. It was always this is determinism. Things are always they're already set in stone of how they're gonna happen because of physics. The it's things are oh, are gonna end up the way they are gonna end up, and nothing you can do is gonna change that. So it was always gonna be this way. It wasn't your fault. You're not stupid, you're not foolish. Um Everyone gets burglarized at some point. You can't really avoid it. Yeah, I mean, Life I lost my fair. wallet yeah. because I left my stupid fanny pack open. I mean, how dumb was that? But you right. know what? He moved now on. There's someone, now there's someone uh, writing scripts vans. with my WGA card. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I got this letter last night from... I hope that helped you, uh, uh, Kelly. I got this letter from Kelsey last night, and I'm reading through it, and it's there's nothing... Um, well, I'll just say... Um, she says all these very nice things. Um, she said, buckle up. I'm giving you this letter because I'm too afraid of how I will actually react when I meet you. Well, I saw you meet me and you were ridiculous. Get it together. <laughs> no, you were so sweet. I made it made my night. Um, also, what made my night at the Laugh Factory was a table of what I'm guessing were gay men who were like, as I was walking up, they were like, we love you. We love you. We love you so much. And it was like, oh. I just when gay men love me. I'm sorry. It means it's so much. Especially sweet women and gay men. It's got, it's the, it's, uh, it's, it's the best because gay men have great taste. I think. Uh, That's a new Taylor Swift song on the next album. Gay men have great taste. (laughs) Sweet women women and gay gay men. Um, so she said, since discovering you randomly one day in 2008 through my YouTube algo, um, 
my life has changed for the better. You, she didn't say algo. I did. My life has changed for the better. You have taught me to laugh more, be less hard on myself, sing more, create healthy boundaries, how not to be kuh, play guitar more, meditate <laughs> with Sam Harris, be more introspective, work on myself, forgive my parents, be brave enough to go to things alone, no free will, and most importantly, you made me the Swifty I am today. Um, and then she goes on to say, you are my Taylor. I'd say you're my Taylor Swift, but you're not. You're my Nikki Glazer. And anybody who is friends with me knows how much weight that carries. This is just like, it's so nice. I am right there with you playing my guitar and singing with you and Anya. I'm just reading excerpts. You're like my sister. I always wanted and I've never even met you before. How is that possible? How are you able to capture the hearts of all us besties through a screen? That is what makes you so special. I think it's how you can make us feel special and less alone just through your words. It's a gift all of us benefit from. I really need to hear this. Thank you so much. Also, thanks to you, I'm now a huge fan of comedy in general. I now actively listen to about 12 or more part podcasts hosted by other comedians. Whoa. Yes, my boyfriend has tells me I have a sickness. <laughs> I'm a fan of all these comedians and have gone to see most of them live, and I would have never discovered them if it had not been for you and your podcast. So thank you for bringing so much laughter and joy into my life. Final thought. I, this, is, uh, this is hers, but we'll make it ours too. Final thought. I really hope to get to the end of this letter. I know it's probably really uncomfortable to hear these things about yourself, but I hope you can accept these words into your heart because you deserve to hear them. This is so nice, and you are addressing exactly the feelings I'm having. I have so much more to say, but I believe you. your time is valuable, and I don't want to take up any more of it. I've bombarded you enough with my feelings at this point. All I have to say is I love you, Nikki and Noah and Anya and Brian and all the besties out there. Don't be cut. And just a reminder of what 1 million people died in 9-11. <laughs> just an old joke wow. of ours um, oh, from way back in the day. So that is so nice. Thank you, Kelsey. That really touched my so heart. Sweet. And I'll try to remember it on days where I feel worthless um, because that always creeps into. Um, I was actually, I texted Anya this morning um, about, because I've been, I think the listening to Louie a lot has inspired me to like really try to delve into these jokes that I have and like d d try to really actually find the truth in things that are just maybe just a little thought I have. But like, no, let's cover ang every angle and maybe prove a thesis like a, and that can't really be argued, which is always my favorite thing. And I'm really struggling with the idea of why people want to have kids. I just, I you know, I, it started here where I asked Noah one day, like, why would you want it? Because Noah, Noah would like children. And I, I just want, especially when my best friends want something I don't want. I, and everyone knows, like, I'm very interested in like, I'm bothered by the fact I don't want things. And I say this on stage. I'm like, I'm not approaching this kid thing like a Chelsea Handler vibe, which is Chelsea Handler's vibe, which I totally agree with hers as well. And I fucking love her take on not wanting kids and being child free and childless. Um, but hers is more like, I did the right thing. Your life kind of sucks that you have kids. And I like that angle because it really, I send them those clips to Anya all the time because we're both child-free people. And she's gone right now because she decided to go have kids. She, we just lost her. <laughs> but um, she's like, actually, I'm out of that, Nikki. Um, so she's in labor right now. But uh, <laughs> Chelsea Handler has more of like a, just like, why would you do it? Like, I'm living the best life. I'm smoking weed every day. I can do whatever I want. I can sleep till noon. Mine is more like, yes, I could do all those things. I get that. But like, what am I not getting about this wanting to have kids? Clearly, there's something about this that I'm missing out on. And so I've been like investigating it in every way. And I know that we have kids to, to prosper our species. That's the number one reason because every species does. And then there's the emotional thing of like, Noah said, I want to see the world through a child's eyes. And that gets a laugh in my set because I go, my one friend Noah says, I would like to see the world through my child's <laughs> eyes. And I go, 
go to Burning Man. <laughs> like, <laughs> like just to, to do some acid. Like, I think you'll I get can't. that experience. So I'm then it gets a laugh. To drugs. <laughs> um, but you want a lifetime of them. Um, and then, uh, and then I, th- I explored, like, I think, but I think the answer is, and there is no shade here whatsoever, but I think the true answer is that people want meaning in their lives and they don't have meaning at some point in adulthood. You find a career, you pursue that career, you do that career, you find a husband, you get the husband and things kind of just settle down and you feel like, what the, what's the point of me being here? What am I here for? And I struggle with that all the time. That's like why I have suicidal thoughts. It's like, what's the point of me? Like if I Mm -hmm. didn't exist, who would care? And I think that instead of people letting those suicidal thoughts in, they go, let me find meaning in the form of being a mother. And I woke up this morning to, I opened my Instagram and the first thing that pops up is this, do you know Bobby, uh, what's her name? Bobby Altenoff? Wait, where is it? I got, I sent it to Anya. Hold on one second. Um, Bobby Altoff. She's that girl that t- that talks like this and interviews yes. rappers, and it's just very like my good podcast or something like that. Yeah, like a very good podcast. She, she interviewed Drake in bed and went viral. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And she's just like, "Were you hitting on me? <laughs> Why?" And she's just so chill and so cool. But she's a mom. She's a young mom. But this quote I woke up to. I guess it's from her Cosmopolitan interview. And she said, there are times when I think that if I didn't have my kids, I wouldn't be here. When I don't feel like the world needs me or that I have a place here, I know that my kids need me and it got cut off by the the, the thing. But that answers it for me. People feel worthless if they don't have a purpose. Like she wouldn't be here if she had kids. If that tells me she would be dead, if she wouldn't be here, right? I don't think she's talking about Cosmopolitan Magazine. I wouldn't be here. (laughs) She means I wouldn't be alive. Therefore, she probably was a little bit, she's referencing, I'm guessing, uh, unaliving, which is the way that you're supposed to say it right now. Um, Even though I don't really like that. I don't know if I agree with that though, because... What do you, you know? What do you like think when, she means by I wouldn't be here. When when parents say like, um, "Oh, my children are my life," or, or or comments like that, I think it just puts the onus on the children. You know, it's it's. I don't know. There's just something no, that I doesn't feel right good. about that. I don't think, I don't think it's good. good because I would be like, my mom would have killed herself if I didn't exist. And therefore yeah, like my that. mom really didn't have worth without me. Well, that's a lot of fucking pressure. And also if I grow up and I don't really want to talk to my mom on the phone every day anymore, and I don't really need her, is she going to kill herself? Which is a mm-hmm. lot of people's concerns that have overbearing mothers. And I'm not saying this woman's overbearing or that this was a wrong thing to say. It just gave me insight into exactly what, why I think people do do have kids. I think I'm getting it now. It's because they need another, they want a purpose in life. And that is the instinct because my argument is that animals, we're the only species that tries for kids. Other species just have kids and they're like, whoa, I just had like, they don't relate having sex to like, we're going to make a baby bird. They don't think of, I really don't think birds know that inside their egg is a little bird. It's just the instinct pops up. Oh, the bird comes out and they go, oh, I got to feed this thing. It's all instinct. It's not like they're like, animals are fucking like, oh, we got to try for kids. They don't know. They're just (laughs) fucking because it feels good or because it's the instinct. We're the only animals that go, I'm going to fuck so that I can have kids. Kids are like just a thing that shows up 
for animals, almost like predators. Yeah, there's like no it just birds shows, it's a thing you have to like deal with. Monitoring their, uh, their, their ovulation, ovulation cycles. cycles. Yes, yes. It's that time of the month. Yeah. So no, that's, I think that's it's good actually point. weird to have, like, to, it's, a, it's, a, it's a new thing to want to have kids. Can I just go back speech? to um, what we were saying about, like, kids give me meaning, give my life yeah, meaning? Yeah. I think the, the correct approach or, the, you know, or the one that doesn't, like, put any burden on children is yeah. kids gave our, our relationship a meaning. Because I remember seeing a statistic um, that, like, if you don't have, a, like, a big change in your relationship, like, every four years... You're, it's more likely that your relationship will fall apart. So, mm. you know, if the change is, oh, we're going to move in together or we're going to get engaged, we're going to get married. We're going to work on this special together. What's that the statistic? Special. I mean, it's it's saying that if you don't have a big change every four years, you're going to break up. I, I totally agree with need this. A big because kind of impact to, to shake things know. up. People need big announcements. Like Instagram is just a microcosm of a bigger thing, which is like we all before Instagram, we still needed like a thing to look forward to. Humans like we need things to look forward to in life. And when you get to be a certain age and you've been working a job that and you're not going to get a promotion and you're not going to pursue a new career and your house is the way it's going to be and you can't afford like you got to bring something into the shake it up a little bit. And I, I think, think that's that what statistics kids do. flawed. I think that statistics flawed, and it's 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 skewed by the fact that just most relationships are not good ones, and so they break up before four eight years happen, and then then they're trying not to look for a cause. Everything has to apply to like one. Like I'm sure that's true too. But there's plenty yeah. of examples of couples who have been married for sixty years, and like they haven't had a big change since their kids went to college. And like, well, what happened? To, what about those thirty years where there's no changes happening? Where they're right. just kind of my parents' marriage fell apart when, <laughs> you know, like the empty nest syndrome. Yeah, because they have nothing going change. on. So a big change happened, and then they broke up. So that goes against that study, right? But I think it's like it's it's not a distraction for it's not something to work on together. Whereas an empty nest is a big change in a way that it's like a deficit. It's not like adding it forces something. them to face it's not each like other. A project, yes, right. I think that. There's no, everyone knows that people have kids because they're bored in their relationships. We all know that's a bad reason to have kids and that people do do that. Like, let's save the relationship by bringing a new kid, like a new thing for us to deflect our boredom with each other onto. Yes. Um, but I'm just trying to, I want to do a set where I cover, I want to be able to go to the audience and have every reason that people have kids and have a thing to say about it and not being like, and that's a shitty reason because I don't think these are shitty reasons. I even last night I said, I get why you have kids. You're bored and your life is meaningless without them, which is not a bad thing. That's why I do comedy. My life is fucking meaningless without doing another season of F-Boy. That's why I pursue projects. I, it's not enough. For, I have a weekend off and I have no purpose in my life. If I have a day off of work, I want to kill myself because I'm like, what is the point of my life? So I don't begrudge anyone having kids to fulfill that, that void, but you have to admit that's why you're doing it. That's what I want people to have to admit. It's like, you're not doing this because you've always, like, I just don't know that, um, I think people are just scared to admit the real reason they do things. People are scared to admit they have low self-esteem. People are scared to, and this is a separate issue. People are scared to admit that they're, they're insecure. People are scared to admit they're bored. People are scared to admit, my life really doesn't have meaning outside of this one thing. I think I'm more, 
I've been I've been doing it for many years on stage of admitting my flaws. So I'm just more and in therapy more able to do that than most people. But I want to get people to a place where they can stop putting themselves on a pedestal for having kids and start realizing what it really is, is that you're not some sort of hero. You are in my, and actually you are a hero in my eyes because you're loving something so much that can ruin your life. If anything happens to it, I think that is completely brave. I would, I think it is up there with free solo uh, climbing (laughs) in terms of a risk because your toddler we all know toddlers like to get into shit. And if you don't watch it with like a Hawkeye, your life could be over. Your toddler could just like run off with your life in its hands and ruin your life completely. If something happens to it or if something just like unlucky befalls disease, whatever, like you're taking a huge risk. So I, I really give it up to parents for that reason, but don't delude yourself into thinking that you are some like martyr or like better person than me. That's what I kind of want to strip away is like parents yeah, well, who think different. like they're better than people who that's don't have kids. That's a different little approach uh, is, is that it's less of just like the reason why you decided to have kids is not valid versus why are you think you're better than me because you had kids or why does that make that they, you superior? Yeah. I don't think most people think they're better than me because they have kids. I think there are a few people that do, but I I also want to strip away the idea that even if you don't think you're better than me, the reason you think you had kids is kind of not the reason you think. Like you, because I have so much love to give and I've always wanted to be a mother. No, there is an insecurity deep down in you that you're not enough unless you put more life on this planet and that you have a job. And we all come from a place of that. I just happen to have a job that has not in, yet f- become too boring that I need something else. I think that if my, I definitely think that I could have kids if I get bored with my life. And maybe that is not everyone's perspective. People are, um, please write to me and say, that is, if you have a perspective on why you had kids that is, I haven't touched on yet, I want to hear it because I want to hear every single side of why you want to have kids. Because I'm trying in a very slightly autistic way to understand another side of human beings that I don't understand. And I want, I just want to get it. Like I, I get frustrated when I, you know, I've felt this way about why do you like hiking? Why do people like to go see things that they could Google image? I just want to, why do you like cooking when you could order out food? And I understand that some people cook because it's cheaper, but like some people don't. Some people like to cook even if they can afford to order out. I like to understand people's motivations. So send in yours if you have one and, 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 or if it, if I've hit it on the nail on the head, please send that to me as well. But, um. Yeah. I, when people say they have so much love to give. I, I That's why like, I hike. I hike because I have so much love to give. Right, but like, is it have the love you have for a dog? I've I there's nothing in me that goes, man, I want something more. Like, it's just so there's so much love there. I had to give my dogs to my parents to get them away from me. I love them too much. Mm-hmm. Like, it's too strong. But I like I think it's like a drug. Love is like a drug. People want a stronger one. Give me something that's like, OK, I want this dog to like talk now. OK, what's the What's the version <laughs> of that? That's a baby. You know, like I think people want love and there's nothing wrong with that. Um but I think that I just want a reason for it. And I, and people give me too vague of reasons for having kids. And I feel like it's, it ends up sounding like, um, when people describe mushroom trips, I just don't, I'm like, I guess I got to do it to, uh, to understand it. Um, that's the problem with kids though, is once you do it to understand it, then that's the only way you're going to know whether or not you would have wanted to do it. Trip yeah. It's not like you do, yeah, it's not like yeah. you do shrooms be like, and then you have to, 
raise those shrooms for the next 20 years while they slowly suck away your and livelihood and time. that's why I respect it. Mad respect to parents out there because you were locking yourself into a thing that you could maybe not like and that you might have made a... Just was like, let's well, see if we like this. And shout out to mostly men who are the ones that like get stuck being parents and don't really have a choice whether or not they're going to be parents. Yeah, I would wear condoms. I mean, the fact that men ever don't wear condoms is so insane to me because at least as a woman in the state I am in right now, I think in California you can get, you get still get abortions. I get to decide whether that I become a parent. Men do not. They just have to do it. Then they, and, well, men get to decide whether or not they stick around. Well, men can, you know, run the world and decide whether or not women keep their babies or what. But um, yeah, men can just, but they still have to pay. They'll get hunted down and they'll still yeah. be a parent. They'll still have to live knowing they abandoned their child the rest of their life. <laughs> We've really gotten into it. We lost Anya, but uh, maybe for good reason in this last chunk. Thank you guys so much for listening to the show this week. We will be back next week. You know we will. Thank you for um, your call, Kelly. Thank you for your letter, Kelsey. Um, don't be kuh. And just tell me why you wanted to have kids. Looking for hair removal tools that not only deliver smooth results, but also empower you with a sense of complete control? Enter Conair Girl Bomb, your secret weapons for smooth, sleek results made just for women. From the ultimate Girl Bomb grip and professional grade blades, you don't have to compromise and settle for less. Conair Girl Bomb equips you with the precision and power previously reserved for men's grooming tools. So take your hair removal routine to the next level with Conair Girl Bomb. Available at conairgirlbomb.com or a retailer near you. Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart for a year, and what a year it has been. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Make Woke AF Daily your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy, and I'm your host, Elliot Connie. Jay is the woman in this dynamic who is currently co-parenting two young boys with her former partner, David. David, he is a leader. He just don't want to leave me. But how do you lead a woman? How do you lead in a relationship? Like, what's the blueprint? David, you just asked the most important question. Listen to Family Therapy on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your hosts of TMI. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. Listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. That's right.